Welcome to Asthma Open Podcasts. Today, I welcome Matteo Lombertini, a breast cancer specialist, who will talk with us on the current advantages in breast cancer. Welcome. Thank you. So what are the new highlights in the biology of breast cancer? Can you give us any hints here? Yeah, I think it, uh, we got a lot of important news in the last couple of years on the biology of breast cancer. I will mostly focus on what is really clinically relevant right now. So in the past, we tend to, until a couple of years ago, we tend to divide breast cancer into three different subtypes based mostly on the uh, expression of three markers, which is ER, estrogen receptor, PR, progesterone receptor, and HER2. Nowadays, uh, so far in the metastatic setting, but probably think things are, are, uh, move, are uh, um, uh, improving and changing also in the early setting. But still, right now, in the metastatic setting, we need more than just these three biomarkers to treat our patient. So the biology of breast, we know more about the biology of breast cancer, and we have more targeted agents um, on this regard. So we have at least three important markers that we need to uh, provide the best treatment to our patient. As mentioned, nowadays, in the metastatic setting, but probably in the future, future also in the early setting. The first biomarker is PDL1 because we now have the possibility to give atezolizumab to PDL1 positive triple negative breast cancer patient in the advanced setting. So we just we need not only ER, PR, ER2 negative, but also PDL1 positive for the first line choice in this disease. We need PIC3CA mutation in hormone receptor positive ER2 negative breast cancer because we have the possibility to give the, P, the uh, selective PIC3CA inhibitor alpalizib for patients with hormone receptor positive disease. So again, we, we don't need only ER, PR, HER2, but also PIC3CA in the advanced setting. And the third biomarker is BRCA. In this case, in breast cancer is still germline BRCA, not, not yet somatic BRCA, because also for uh, BRCA mutated patient, we have the possibility to give PARP inhibitors in the advanced setting. So this is, again, another information we need before starting to treat breast cancer. And on the biology, just more, one more final uh, point that probably is going to uh, become very relevant in the coming years is the definition of HER2. So right now, we define HER2 as HER2 negative, which is HER2 zero, one plus, two plus fish negative. So this is the HER2 negative disease. On the other side, we have the HER2 positive disease, which is the HER2 3 plus or 2 plus fish negative. We have now drugs that are targeting the so-called population of the HER2 law. So HER2 1 plus or 2 plus fish negative, what we consider HER2 negative right now. But in the future, we may have a different population of patients that we will call as HER2 law, for which we may give different treatment options. So this is probably coming in the, in, the next, uh, in the next few years, not yet in the clinic. But in the clinic, the main message is that beyond ER, PR, and R2, right now we need PIC3CA, PDL1, and BRCA to uh, better treat our patients. Thank you so much for that comprehensive overview. So if we look now on 2019, what was the most important studies in metastatic breast cancer? This has been a very uh, a rapidly evolving field, especially in the last year. Uh, I think the most important news in the metastatic field in general, then before going into the different, uh, the different studies, is that finally we had several studies in different disease, disease subtypes, 
that have provided the clear overall survival data. In the past, we tend to say and to approve drugs based on progression-free survival benefits, saying that probably we cannot see an overall survival benefit, considering that these patients are treated with different uh, lines of treatment, so we lose the potential PFS benefit along the different lines. But in, in, 20, in uh, 2019, we had the presentation or publications or of several fund settings that have clearly shown statistically significant and clinically relevant improvement in, in overall survival in all disease subtypes, starting with the hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative, metastatic breast cancer. The CDK46 inhibitors have clearly shown in both the endocrine sensitive as well as the endocrine resistant disease that when they are, they are add, added to endocrine therapy, they provide not only a PFS, progression-free survival benefit, but also a very important overall survival benefit. Different molecules have shown overall survival benefit. This has been also clearly shown in the HER2-positive subtypes, where we had uh, probably the most important news uh, in 2019. We had the eight-year follow-up data of the Cleopatra trial, so in the, with the use of pertuzumab as first-line treatment, providing a more than 16-month improvement in overall survival, so very long improvement. We have never seen eight years median follow-up in the advanced setting. And then we had the presentation and publication of important uh, data with other anti-L2 agents, like tucatinib, recently presented at the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium and published in the New England Journal of Medicine, again showing in third line significant improvement not only in PFS but also in overall survival. And there are also other upcoming very promising agents, particularly the uh, so-called Trastuzumab and Deruxetan, which is an antibody drug conjugate, which is very effective in the HER2-positive population. And then we, are, uh, we have started to see also some interesting and important data for triple negative breast cancer patients uh, as well, uh, with the PDL1 uh, uh, with immune therapy and the PDL1 inhibitor atezolizumab, which has shown in PDL1 positive patients important, even though not statistically significant, but clinically relevant improvement in overall survival in this type of disease. So I think the most important news in 2019 is that uh, it is possible with very effective agents and uh, um, uh, perfectly uh, performed trials, it is possible to see overall survival improvement. And it's what actually we want to see for our patients. Thank you so much. So now moving to the adjuvant and neoadjuvant neo setting, um, what were the most important studies here? I think that the most important news in the early setting uh, are for the, uh, again, the three disease subtypes. Very briefly, for the hormone receptor positive uh, subtype, the most important news are for the um, adjuvant endocrine treatment of premenopausal breast cancer patients. So we have learned how to optimize the uh, endocrine treatment in this specific subgroup of patients. And thanks to the data of uh, um, mainly the Taylor-X trial, we now also know better for patients with hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative disease, uh, to which patient uh, give additional chemotherapy on the top of and before starting endocrine therapy, and which patient can be spared the toxicity of chemotherapy. So these are probably the two most important news in the uh, luminal-like subtype. 
For the HER2 positive subtype, we had important news in terms of uh, um, optimizing the so-called post-neoadjuvant treatment. So patients that receive neoadjuvant chemotherapy with trastuzumab and or pertuzumab that uh, do not have an optimal response to this treatment, so they do not achieve what we call the pathologic complete response. So they still have residual disease after neoadjuvant treatment at the time of surgery. For this patient, we know that uh, giving TDM1 as compared to uh, trastuzumab as, as we were using in the past provides very important um, improvement in uh, disease-free survival, almost 10% absolute improvement in three-year disease-free survival. So this is nowadays standard of care, and it's already possible to prescribe this treatment in many, in many countries. Finally, for the triple negative disease, uh, probably the most interesting data are uh, with, the, uh, with immune therapy. We have had finally in 2019 the first phase three trials that presented data with immune therapy in the early setting. Uh, the most important trial have been, um, has been the uh, keynote uh, study with the use of pembrolizumab added to neoadjuvant um, chemotherapy with uh, taxane, carboplatin, anthracycline, cyclophosphamate in the neoadjuvant setting and then continue in the adjuvant setting. We have now the PCR, so the pathologic complete response rate with an improvement of almost 14% with the addition of immunotherapy on the top of chemotherapy in this patient. And we start to have some interesting uh, data in terms of survival, still immature data only uh, presented uh, at 18 months of follow-up so it's still not enough in the early setting, but still we start seeing the, um, a potential 6% improvement in event-free survival, which is something very promising for a disease which we all know it's very aggressive and so for which we need additional treatment. But of course, we need more follow-up and, and uh, other trials that are currently ongoing in, the, in, the, um, in this specific setting before using immunotherapy also in the early setting. Wow, so this is already really exciting data. So what are we looking out for in 2020? What trials are coming up? Just to uh, um, uh, highlight again the uh, triple negative breast cancer field, I think that uh, this is going to be the subtype for which in the coming year, coming couple of years, we will have the most important news. And uh, uh, let me say finally, because this has been the disease subtype for which for many years we were waiting for something to offer to our patient, but still nothing really special to give and uh, still poor pro uh, prognosis in this specific setting. For this patient, as already mentioned, we have uh, uh, several immunotherapy trials that are going to report results in the coming two years uh, uh, or update results in the coming two years, but it's not only immunotherapy in triple negative breast cancer. We have at least three other different uh, promising approaches. The first one is the use of uh, uh, antibody drug conjugate like TDM1 for HER2 positive disease. We have data with a drug that is called sacituzumab govitecan, which is an antibody drug conjugate, anti-TROP2, which appears to be very effective in triple negative patients. The phase two data already published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and we are waiting for the phase three trial that is probably uh, reporting results in 2020. Then uh, we have still two more promising options, again, mostly for triple negative breast cancer patients, uh, the PARP inhibitors, 
Of course, these apply to a germline BRCA mutated patient that are not only triple negative patient, also hormone receptor positive patient with germline BRCA mutation. But I think this is particularly relevant for a patient with hormone receptor negative disease. We have uh, the adjuvant trials uh, called Olympia with the use of Olaparib following standard neoadjuvant or adjuvant chemotherapy that is likely to report results in, in, the, coming, uh, in the coming year. And then finally, we have also targeted agents finally to be used for triple negative breast cancer. The most promising agents are those targeting the PI3K AKT pathway. And among these agents, um, the AKT inhibitors, have already, uh, we have already phase two data with these agents. And the phase three trial, again, are probably presented in the coming, in the coming year. So I think the most important disease subtype uh, for which we will have um, practice change in news is the, uh, finally the triple negative disease. Thank you so much for this comprehensive overview and goodbye.